2: Here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on Saturday morning faithful? It is absolutely incredible to be with you guys this day. Hopefully you're watching some college football. I got mine on up here. We've got a big game tomorrow and the 49ers are at this weird, very, very weird kind of precipice moment where you got to kind of figure out who you are. Like we had the game last week versus the Bears. They did everything that they needed to do. The defense didn't have a great performance, but they won. Offense didn't turn the ball over. Offense didn't put, put up lots of points, established a rhythm versus a bad football team. Now, this week, you're playing against a good football team. However, there's an asterisk, kind of caveat to that. So, the 49ers continue to be in this kind of purgatory place in the NFC. They're half a game out of the last playoff spot, so definitely still in contention. But I don't think that this is one of the games that will define who we are in a positive light. Here's what I mean by that. The 49ers should win. We'll, we'll go over the bets and the spread later on. But the spread keeps ticking to the 49ers up to two and a half points now. It was at four and a half the other way before the injuries and all those things kind of you know, took place, whatever else. But again, th- this is a very winnable game for the 49ers. And we're going to talk about why that's the case. But I do not believe that this is a game that the 49ers can go win and everybody can say, okay, this is a for-sure fire playoff team. That's not who we are right now. But the opposite, let's play the other side of the coin here. If the 49ers come up and lose to a backup quarterback, which, again, I do not expect Kyler and Murray to play. We'll go over both contingencies. But if you do lose to a backup quarterback in-division opponent, that's where it kind of gets to the point like, okay, we, we need to re-evaluate certain things i don't think that that means the season's over by any stretch but it sure as hell means okay nfc west division title 1000 percent out of the reign of possibility which it probably already is um but this game kind of again you can stay in pace right it's it's a pace game because you win this game you're back to 500 and you finally get to start to see a little bit of what this team is capable of, but even though it's not drawn home yet because you still haven't beat, beat a good quarterback. That's kind of been the MO of this team so far. You look at the losses, right? Russell Wilson. right? You throw in Carson Wentz. I think he, that was a little bit of an anomaly. We had four turnovers, whatever. The, whatever. Um, but you've lost two good quarterbacks. You need to go beat good quarterbacks. We're not going to get that test today or tomorrow depending on when you're listening to it. So you got to take care of business. So we're going to jump in a little bit different than most of our preview shows um, because obviously we previewed the Cardinals just a few weeks ago, but this is a completely different team as they are going to be missing playmakers all over the place. Um, And we're going to detail all of those. We're going to go through previews, predictions. I've got clips from the coaching staff, some players, uh, game tape. We've got a lot of stuff to talk through. Now, um, let's see here. Yeah, let's jump into this Doors fan. Um, He says, what do you think about Joe Montana saying Mac Jones was greater than Trey Lance? I I think that he kind of said Mac Jones was closer uh, to what Joe Montana was. And uh, with that, I completely understand, you know, their playing styles, things like that. Mac Jones has played really, really well, uh, not taking anything away from him. But you don't go into the draft, and this is the new wave of the NFL, you don't draft for what they are the rookie year. You draft for what they're going to become. And kind of one of the main critiques of Mac Jones, uh, positives and critiques, was he's probably the most NFL ready. However, the ceiling, what does that look like? He's a little bit limited physically. He doesn't have the rifle arm. He doesn't have the mobility. He doesn't have those things. And he's old. Um, by far the oldest quarterback that was drafted. Now, don't take that away from what he is. But when the 49ers already have a Mac Jones, and what I mean by that is Jimmy Garoppolo, very similar game. Um, and you could say, well, Mac Jones is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. That's a possibility. But it doesn't give Kyle Shanahan that extra ump. So if you're measuring your rookie quarterbacks off of the first eight games of the season, you got to go Mac Jones because he started every game. Uh, their team's record's very similar to ours, but he's playing very, very well. Um, but that's not what it is. That's an incomplete. Trey Lance hasn't played yet. You didn't draft Trey Lance to be the guy this year a lot of people were saying that we were never saying that Kyle Shanahan was never saying that um this is a long-term play and again Trey Lance I think is three and a half or four years younger than Mac Jones so at least let's wait till he's at that age that he is now let's see where Trey Lance is when he's 24 he's only 21 right so so we've got time and Hey, Joe Montana, uh, love the man. We're giving away a Joe Montana jersey tomorrow. Uh, Hashtag CC, so I hope you got him in there. Because, again, we're giving away Joe Montana jersey tomorrow, which is going to be a lot of fun. But he's not in charge of our personnel, and yeah, you kind of take that for what it is. I, I get why people love Mac Jones. I really, really do. Uh, what's up, Shaw J? <laughs> he says, Death Wish Coffee plus Chapman equals Joygasm. I love it, man. Tommy, thanks for the gift, buddy. Beat the Coward Birds. So let's talk about this, okay? Who are the Cardinals, and what have they done to this point? They're 7-1. and one. Can't take that away. They have won so many games. They come out red hot three years in a row, and now they're into kind of the witching hour where things start to unravel for them, and this isn't the first time. Now, they only lost one game. All right, cool, it was a Thursday night game, whatever. But every game that they have won, besides the 49ers and the Vikings, they've won by more than one touchdown. Like, they are blowing everybody out. But it's starting to kind of tilt back a little bit. They lost versus the Packers 24-21. to uh, The Packers were very shorthanded. But, uh, you know, the play at the end with A.J. Green, whatever else. But, yeah, they're coming off of a loss. On top of that, the injuries. Okay, let's talk through their injuries. Then we'll talk through some of our injuries and kind of figure that out. Oh, what's up, Philip? I love it, man. Appreciate the gift, man. Always glad to be with you, my friend. Uh, he, he is awesome. Uh, great guy, Phil. Uh, so Kyler Murray, he's going to be a true game time decision. Now, whenever they say game time decision, you have to decide 90 minutes prior. So there's two separate timetables we're looking at. One... When the Cardinals board the plane to fly to Santa Clara, which they have not done yet. So, there's a chance he's not even on the plane. Number two is 90 minutes they have to decide. So, whenever they say, like, game time, they go out, they play on the field, they kind of go through some light stretches, see how everything feels. It's his ankle that's the issue, which is even more of a problem because... He is a mobile quarterback. So again, if this was you know Jimmy Garoppolo, Mac Jones, I don't know whomever, it's different because so much of his game, very bad old line. He manipulates the pocket. His ankle, even if he does go, is going to be a problem. That's all that there is to it. Now let's listen to the coaching staff and what they say about Kyler Murray. That's
1: for sure, we are still preparing for Kyler to be the quarterback, and until we hear anything else different. Know his guy's been a competitor all his, all his career throughout college and in the NFL, so fully expecting him, him to play.
2: It, you got to prepare that way. Again, I 100% I do not think Kyler Murray plays. And even if he does, I think that's a very short. I, how do I say this? I think it's in the best interest of the Cardinals long term for Kyler not to play. Their season does not hinge upon this game. I think it's in the best interest of the 49ers if Kyler Murray doesn't play. Now, like short-term, right? Uh, but again, let's say you put Kyler out there and he's not 100% and something goes goes wrong. Holy cow. Now, now the, the entire season in jeopardy. Because currently, with the way they're playing, they're fighting for that number one seed. That should be their mindset. Now, I don't think that they're going to be anywhere near that whenever it's all said and done. Again, uh, I have everything trending down. For the Cardinals. I really, really do. You look at DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers. He's a game-time decision for a hamstring injury. And again, game-time, like, not questionable. No, no, no. He hasn't practiced at all. Now he's a seasoned vet, and he can go out there and whatever else. I don't expect him to play. A.J. Green's out with COVID. So... They're top two outside wide receivers. Now, they still have Christian Kirk, who's had a great year, Um, just a burner down the field. That's kind of what he's done. And they still have, you know, rookie sensation Rondell Moore, um, whom I'm still in love with. Good Lord, I hate that we have to see him twice a year. But so they're still fine at the wide receiver position. But this is a team that runs four wide more than almost anybody else in the NFL. And so the fact that they're missing their quarterback, who was kind of the MVP leading candidate through six, seven weeks, they're missing their number one wide receiver. They're missing their number two outside wide receiver. Um, That's problematic. They're missing their stud tight end. They trade for Zach Ertz. He comes over. I expect Ertz to get a lot of work. There's some issues. Uh, Their third tight end. Demetrius Harris he's got COVID so Max Williams he's done for the year he is ACL and all that stuff versus us then they're back they're blocking tight end Demetrius Harris he's out now so the whole blocking dimension from the tight end perspective I think they just signed somebody like literally off the street um like just a few minutes ago right and so like they're not even to the place yet where they're going to be able to do what it is they want to do um yeah they signed David Wells um, literally an hour ago to their 53 man roster because they've lost not one tight end but two tight ends in the span of three weeks So that's that's going to be a whole other thing. Oh, I want to pause this iron lion. What's up? And he says good morning from okinawa japan. It is 420 oh four hundred 20 uh, sunday morning where he is dude. So it's game day, baby So you're living in the game day want to say thank you for your service, man um, Appreciate the support as always but more importantly Dude, uh, the dedication, not only to uh, the team, but to the country and to all those people. I just want to say thank you, man. Really, really appreciate that. I grew up in a military family. Uh, I always joke around. I had a lot of stepdads, like a lot. (laughs) And um, almost all of them um, were Vietnam vets. So I was raised in. BFW bases and posts and all that kind of stuff. So a uh, uh, huge respect to the sacrifice for the families and everything that they go through there. Um, so stay safe, man. Appreciate your service. Also, um, let's jump back into all these injuries. J.J. Watts out. How many playmakers can a team go without? J.J. Watts done for the year, and he single-handedly wrecked the 49ers offense against Mike McGlinchey. He's gone, right? So that's huge. Rock Hudson. Their best offensive lineman, he's questionable. Now, he got into limited practice. I expect him to play. And then on top of that, they're missing three coaches due to COVID. So, it's not even like their assistant head coach slash special teams coordinator, Jeff Rogers, running back coach, James Saxon, assistant O-line coach, uh, Brian Natkin. Uh, like, they're, they're just missing a lot. There's a lot, a lot gone. But, this is the NFL. And you'll get no sympathy from me or anybody listening to this podcast because what the 49ers have been through. It's different, right? Now we look at our side. Let's let's flip it. Debo's questionable. I expect him to play with his calf. Cal Shanahan was on record saying his calf's a little bit worse this week than it was last week. That's problematic. The fact that he was on the bike uh, two days ago and was able to get in a limited practice, that's huge. Elijah Mitchell, stud rookie running back, questionable with ribs. Blue non-contact jersey, two days in a row, got in limited work. Rib injury, you can go. It's just, man, you take those hits, you take one hit, and I mean just the air and the breathing, it doesn't work anymore. Uh, Rib injuries are rough. It's, It's a pain tolerance issue. So I expect Elijah Mitchell and Debo to go. Now my question is, is there another stud running back that the 49ers are going to get back this week? Initially... We were expecting Jeff Wilson back at the very beginning or the very end of October, right? At the very end of October, he was on the pup, stood up out of a chair, towards meniscus, whatever. Then there were some complications and basically said, yeah, it's going to be late November. Now they're saying, hey. There is a decent chance Jeff Wilson plays right now. Let's listen to um the offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniel, talk about Jeff Wilson and just what those chances look like and what he's been able to do. Jeff's looked uh really it's just been awesome to have Jeff back in, in terms of being able to see him at all. Um uh he he's been working hard and he's he's a big part of the energy that our team has. Um you can see it every game he brings The juice, Um, so that's been exciting. I think the guys are excited that he's able to be outside with us in in a a helmet and whatever. But um, you you try not to get, especially with a guy that hasn't played since uh, May. You try not to get ahead of yourself um, at all. So we're just every um, every time we see him, making sure that he looks like the Jeff we know, um, and hoping there's no setbacks so
1: we we can get him on the field as soon as possible.
2: And so part of me says the game plan is, look, let's activate him, and don't be shocked. I, I, I don't think this will happen, but don't be shocked. Like, we're getting—Trey Sermon's not going to play. We all know that, right? He'll be on special teams. That's kind of like his role in emergency running back. But Kyle Shedd doesn't want to touch him. But once Jeff Wilson's healthy, and you've got Jeff Wilson, Elijah Mitchell, Jamichael Hasty, Kyle Juszczyk— we're getting close to the point where, again, Trey Sermon's going to be a healthy scratch, just like he was the first week of the season. And so we all got to kind of like just understand Kyle Shanahan, all rookies are on the Charlie Warner plan. That, that's the plan, right? So if you saw Charlie Warner, very limited snaps last year, Ross Dwelly, everything. A year later, you give him the opportunity to earn his role, and he did that, whatever else. So just got to understand that's where we are. Now... That's with Jeff Wilson, which I expect him to be active. I don't think that he's going to get a lot of work, though. Uh, we'll we'll see how he feels in the morning. Defensive line-wise, Maurice Hurst is out. Javon Kinlaw, he had reconstructive surgery on his ACL. Um, and the whole thing was a preventative measure to stop a chronic ACL issue that would hinder him long-term. And so this is scary, but you got to just hope and cross your fingers. We got to wait now. And if that knee gets right, we're going to be okay this long term now, right? 20, he's done this year. But some measures have happened this year to replace that because we were in a world of hurt when, you know, we, Ken Law was out, this run defense was not good. You had DJ Jones, and that's really about it. So they finagled some stuff and moved some stuff around. And so this is what I love. You trade for Charles O'Minihue, which I really, really like. Let's listen to um D'Amico talk about Charles first and then we'll talk about the lasting impact of this trade it's a small trade we have a 2023 six rounder but the implications are right now and we'll explain why
1: yeah Charles we're excited to have him excited to add you know a guy with his talent yeah, I think it's uh it's a great player to add to our room, you know, very long player, instinctive guy who can make plays for us. So Charles has been coming along, you know, learning the scheme, learning, picking up on everything pretty well. We'll see how much he advances, but, you know, really happy and excited to be able to add a player of his quality at this part of the season.
2: And, and again, I'm a big Charles O'Minihue fan. As I talked about it, the, after the trade, if you want to go check out the trade deadline episode, I dove into a lot of that. But what he does, he doesn't help on the inside. He helps on the outside. It allows Eric Armstead, okay, who's been an absolute terror, to move inside. So you're still getting your defensive kind of rocks in place with DJ Jones and Eric Armstead, and I think that's what's huge. And again, like, listen to how, – how do I say this? Listen to the coach talk about how long-term what the goal is with Eric Armstead this year. I
1: mean, moving Armstead inside, the thing about him is – He's he's done it before and he's very good inside as well. And we know his dominance on the edge. You know, nobody really run, wants to run the ball to Eric's side when he's on the edge. And now putting him inside, I think Eric was able to make a lot more plays inside this past week, putting him inside so he can be a productive playmaker for his inside. And uh, you know, with Ken Law, you know, I think not having Ken Law does attribute to that, you know, putting Eric inside. But uh, Eric has done fantastic We did a good job last week, and he'll continue to get better the more reps he gets inside.
2: Now, uh, watch, and again, like I'm with him, the Ken Law and Eric Armstead moving inside are a big deal. And if you're like one of those people that's like, oh, he hasn't been dominant on the outside versus the run, he has. Eric Armstead has been dominant against the run nonstop ever since he's been here. Now, the sack numbers, yeah, right, you can detail those. He's still getting pressures. He lives in the backfield, all those things. Watch this. Okay, this is one of our Patreon breakdowns. Watch this play. This is the first play of the game, the first defensive snap of the game. Watch Eric Armstead from the inside in the impact he makes, right? Basically, what we did is we traded in Eric Armstead for Contavious Street, and where Armstead would be outside, we brought in Samson and then rotated over... um, what, uh, sorry, the best player on our team, Bosa um, To the strong defensive end So it, definitely a lot of adjustment But what this did was it got Kentavious Street out And that helped tremendously You know, Street, how many snaps did he get? Um, not a lot He had a really, he had a poor game Let's see here, what he finished with I have it on here, it's pretty low Yeah, 15 snaps And so I love this adjustment And watch how Eric Armstead handles the double team On the very first play on the very first play, he comes out and just completely wrecks it. I mean, look at this. He's got two guys on him, beats it, gets penetration right into the gap, and just shuts it down. And, you know, you clean everything else up. This has been the number one play that teams have had success against the 49ers in the very first play at the outset. Uh, Eric Armstead just comes in and wrecks it. Uh, and 91 is, just continues to have just an exceptional year. Um his sack numbers aren't high, but good gosh, his impact continues to be insane. And I'll say this, and I say this on my breakdowns over and over again. The 49ers defense is the best first down defense in the NFL. The best first down defense in the NFL. So many tackle for losses or one or two yards, don't give up big plays. They're incredible. The problem is they're also one of the worst third down, which is way more important, um, defenses. And if they can just catch on and click, because as an offense, your entire philosophy is stay ahead of the change. Put yourself in manageable situations. Don't stress where you have to make big plays, and that's where turnovers and bad things happen. The 49ers have the first half of that philosophy down pat as a defense. It's third and long almost all game. The problem is, and again, this is part of the philosophy of the defense of the 49ers, build the trenches, and that's going to help the secondary. That has not translated. Okay, That has not translated yet. And who knows? Maybe we'll see something different this game. You got to get off the field on third down. Couple questions. Um, from Mendoza, he says John, quick question. What does the OC do when the head coach calls the run uh, and offensive plays and all that stuff? So, um, great. So, a lot of teams, and especially now, this is a move that took place about seven years ago. Because the offensive coordinator, that's like the the chief, right? The crown, whatever. Um, And so then you did a run game coordinator and a passing game coordinator. So usually what happens, and again, they're going to be up in the box. You are charting, okay? How are they lining up to this formation? How many men are in the box? What's that look like? What coverage are we getting with that? So during the game, uh, McDaniel and several other people, they're up there charting, okay? So every single time the 49ers come out and line up in a play, whatever it is, they are charting exactly how they line up to it and how they rotate their coverage. And so then what you try to do is you manipulate, hey, Kyle, if we line up in this formation, backside B gap, if we flow away, should be open, things like that. So it's you're just scouting and trying your hardest to find, okay, there's little bitty, I don't know how you say it, uh, places that you can attack or vulnerabilities, and that's their job. Now, during the week and meetings and watching film – You're helping draw up plays for Kyle, and Kyle basically gives you the okay, or he says, no, I don't like that. And so you'll implement that. Now, the problem is you only have about two days to do that, because you start implementation on Tuesday in the NFL. So you've got Sunday, Monday, Tuesday morning, and then it's boom, these are the plays we're installing all week. Um, So it's still, I mean, you're very, very active, but... You're right. Um it, it's it's Watered down Kool-Aid, offensive coordinator, right? He's not calling plays. He's not design he designs plays, but he doesn't have final authority and things like that. Um so that is an issue. Now let's see here. Zach, he says, John, do you think we should stop playing wide nines with Ken Loyal? No, I do not. And I don't think that they're going to. They're gonna stick with that because again, the base of our defense is that defensive edge pressure. And that's a bit a big reason why they trade for Charles Menehue and not a corner. Because in the 49ers' defensive philosophy, which I disagree with, they don't think corner's an issue. They think we have plenty of corners. And they're right. We do have a lot of quantity. We do not have a lot of quality. Um, I think outside of Mosley and K1 Williams, there's not a corner that I really trust. I am not the biggest Josh Norman proponent. I understand that he forces turnovers. That's what he does. But that hero ball crap that he does play in and play out, and again, if you watch our Patreon breakdowns, you'll hear me start cussing uh, because I just get so pissed off as a coach whenever this guy just does whatever the hell he wants to, and you can see the scheme. You can see the way it's designed, and Norman's just out there like, I'm just going to do my own thing because my instincts say to, which sometimes works really well. He gave up two touchdowns against the Bears. He gave up two touchdowns versus the Bears uh, because he's just doing his own thing, and so that bothers me. And so whenever you're watching the broadcast and you're like, oh man, Josh Norman almost tipped that ball. That was just a great pass by Justin Fields. No, no. If, if Josh Norman played his damn technique, that play would have never had an opportunity. So do I think there should be changes made? Yes. Personnel wise, 1000%, but it ain't happening. And John Chapman's not the coach of this team. Uh, that's probably good for everybody involved. <laughs> um, Luke, he says, uh, what's up faithful. Hope all is going well. My friend appreciate it, man. Um, and I love this. Let's go get this win. doesn't matter who's playing. Just go get the win and get ready for L.A. This is a big two weeks for the 49ers season. Now, if you come out of this 1-1, one and one, you're okay. You come out of this 2-0, and oh, holy freaking cow, buy your playoff tickets. You come out of this 0-2, oh Woo! that's bad news, man. That means you opened up 0-4 oh in the division. And you can't do that. You can't do that. Now, if we look at the history, let's jump back to the game now. You look at the history of this matchup, 49ers up, 32-28. So a little bit of wiggle room there, not much. But we're 3-10 the last 13 matchups. That's bad. Now, the last game that we lost, you know, barely, we're both different quarterbacks. We have a different quarterback starting. They have a different quarterback starting. It's not the same. And if you look at the 49ers at home, we have not been good. 1-10 in at home. How are you better on the road than you are at home? And this matters to the players because, again, you know, you can say whatever you want, but you feel the the fans. You really, really do. And you want to deliver for your fans, your home crowd. You want to defend your home. And we just haven't done that. Here's Brandon Ayut talking about, you know, he got asked about the home winch or loss streak, which is a weird phrase. Listen to what he says. Like you can tell it, it impacts the players. A whole bunch of juice at practice, you can feel it. Um, but we're just, we're just in the mindset of just getting this thing
1: rolling, um, despite the whatever the record, the streak is for at home. Um, regardless if it was a away game, home game, we we're in that in that mindset of um, getting this thing rolling. So um, we kind of feel that more than where people are talking about about the home game streak. But we, we've definitely heard about that. We, um, so we know about that. But it's just about stacking up.
2: Stacking wins. Just like you don't stack mistakes, you got to stack wins. And so was the Bears, what was that? Was that the penultimate step that's going to launch us to where we need to be? Or was that just, hey, we played a bad team and we were able to get a W? Who are you, 49ers? You got to streak this now. And and that that's the issue that we have had. You know, you started the season 2-0. and You won two games on the road. Then you just freaking tailspun, right? You lost four straight. Well, now we got to win. Are we going to go 2-0 and again? Is that what we're looking at? Man, if we get that going, I'm telling you right now, man. you You win these two games. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into a thousand with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great: it, it you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy.
0: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
2: Now you're cooking. and And that's kind of where you want to be. But again, that doesn't happen unless... Unless you win this game. You got to win this game. There is no looking forward to L.A. There's no, that, and trust me, this is not a quote unquote trap game. When you're three and four, there is no trap games. Uh, you need to be the trap. And it's not a trap game for the Cardinals either because they're missing so many people. They're in, man, try not to sink the ship mode. That's where they're in. They're in panic mode. Who's this new tight end we just brought in? That's going to be playing 20 snaps without having a freaking practice. That's the mood they're in. There ain't Colt McCoy as our quarterback? That's that's where we're at? Yeah, that's rough. All right, guys. Now, before we jump, I got a lot more. This is going to be a long episode. So buckle in, Uh Predictions, bets, all that stuff's coming away. But I got some good news. Some very, very good news. New announcement. Oh, you guys want some more Josh Chabot podcast stuff? Here we go. Listen to this. <laughs> guys, excited to announce a brand new kind of movement within the podcast itself, and that's called the Rush Hour. This is something I can't take credit for this. People have been emailing and asking for me to do some non-49ers content, okay? So here's what's going to happen. We're going to be doing bonus podcast episodes. The first 15 to 20 minutes, still going to be Niners-focused, but the second half of the rush hour is going to be more broad topics in the NFL, power rankings, tracking rookie uh, quarterback development, seeing schemes and some tendencies, perhaps that's changing across the NFL, Uh, coverage-based things, things like that. So The only place to get this is bonus coverage is going to be over on Patreon. So go to patreon.com, search for 49ers Rush Podcast. It's the only place it's going to be. Um, now, again, not taking anything away. This isn't taking the place of our regular programming. This is just trying to provide more value for the community that supports the podcast and is helping us to become a kind of what we want it to be. So, uh, so best way to support the podcast is always on Patreon. So if you want a little bit extra NFL broad with some 49ers focus at the start, That's the place to get it. The Rush Hour is going to be kind of a bi-weekly thing over on Patreon. Support the show. Support the program so we can keep creating more for you. Thank you guys for all the support as always. Look forward to seeing you there. Who doesn't want extra podcasts, right? This is all good news. No bad news. All good news. Now, um, I do want to say before we jump back into the Cardinals, and I think this is very important. Number one, Eddie B's birthday today. uh, What's Eddie D's birthday today? So congratulations to him. But even more than that, I want to give a shout out to good old B.Y., one of my favorite players ever, Bryant Young. Um, He got, you know, basically he gets brought up. He's going to be brought in to the 49ers inducted into the 49ers Hall of Fame, which is so well-deserved. In the off season, somebody was like, hey, could you do a top forty ers of all time? And especially me as a history guy, I spent so much time on this episode. You guys can go back and watch it and listen to it if you want to. Uh, just type in, um, you know, you can just scroll through the the broadcast. But um, top forty ers of all time. Um, I think it was top 25, but we went all the way to 30 just because I was so enamored with it. And Bryant Young, he came in at number 11. Number 11 in one of the most storied franchise in sports, whatever. It doesn't matter. Dude's incredible. Uh, played for 14 years, four Pro Bowls, one All Pro. He had one Super Bowl victory. He won the 1999 Comeback Player of the Year. Again, we're talking about BY here after that terrible injury. Um, 1990s All Decade team. He had 89 and a half sacks from the inside. Um, just as consistent as possible, even in the midst of that injury. And who knows? Maybe, uh, man, I don't even want to do it. We got a DT, a young DT hurt. Hopefully, he can come back just like Bright Young did um, and kind of bring that about. But I uh, just want to say congratulations to him. Love it. What's up, Delta? I see you in the chat, man. Um, I-, I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, let's see here. Luke, he says, John, are the podcast going to be live or pre recorded? Um, is there live chats? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, one I haven't thought about too much. Um, the first couple might be recorded just because, uh, I'm going to be working with some co-hosts and different things like that to get that set up. But yeah, there's no reason why I can't, uh, make that go live and create that. I mean, we've got the community. We have over 300 plus Patreon supporters now, which is awesome. So, you know, building that community and helping them to interact together. I think that's awesome. And so I think that's a great idea. Um, so that's going to be there, uh, as well. Tommy, oh man, I want to mark this. It is now currently 32 minutes into this podcast. Tommy, he was the first to bring up Odell Beckham Jr. I think that's a testament to this podcast and how educated we are. Um, And, yeah, let's talk about Odell. Um, Oh, Philip, he says, when will the rush hour play? Yeah, I've got to get this scheduled. And, again, as soon as I get one, the problem is right now, I'll just be really, really frank. My high school season's over. Okay, we did not make the playoffs. We didn't make the. We didn't get close. Uh, (laughs) But my youngest is now playing flag football, so their games are on different days. So my schedule, like, I can't say okay, it's every Thursday, whatever else. Unfortunately, I just can't. Like, so sometimes I'm gonna have to record early in the morning. But I. But we're gonna be getting that out. Um, And again, Philip, you're great with the notes, man. So you let me know what you want covered, and we'll get some of that thrown in there. As always, guys, what y'all want, that's what we create. This wasn't my idea. This was hey john you should do this and from a patreon it was like yeah let's do that uh met with my buddy Dell, who helps with everything and just kind of finding ways to create that and again if you're just part of patreon now you get access to it there's no extra whatever we're just trying to create more value for that but tommy he says are the lambs signing odell beckham jr couple things the team that gets odell beckham jr is set up by the waiver wire which is worst Record to first, right? So Detroit with no wins, they at first option Adam. The 49ers are 12th. So 11 teams will have to pass on Odell Beckham Jr. before we even get the opportunity. Second thing, if you claim him off waivers, you have to take that contract. What's that contract? Seven plus million dollars versus the cap this year. The 49ers have $2 million cap space available. Now, you could always finesse that. So let's say you get the opportunity. You claim Odell Beckham Jr. You could move some contracts around. You could sign them to a new deal. Uh, you could flex all those different things. There's lots of ways to do that. So that doesn't mean the 49ers are out of it. However, Seattle Seahawks are ahead of us. They have a worse record. Um, they would have to pass. Several wide receiver-needed teams would have to pass. Now, for the Lambs to get him, as you say, he's basically going to have to clear waivers, which is a possibility, meaning no team puts in a waiver on him. Then he would get to choose the team he signs on, and they would do a a new contract. That's That's the process. So for the 49ers to get him, you're going to have to claim him because he's not going to want to sign with the 49ers. We're a run-heavy offense. He'd be the wide receiver three, which is what he was basically in Cleveland, and he hated it. We don't have a deep passing game. I don't understand why Odell would want to come here. Do you want Odell Beckham Jr., who has forced himself out of two different franchises? One of them is a winning team in the, the Browns. One of them was not in the Giants. Do you want him around Brandon Ayuk? Do you want him around Elisha Mitchell? Do you want him around Trey Lance? Now, I'm not saying he's a bad dude. I'm telling you right now, he's a bad teammate. That's just the reality of the situation. You don't walk out of your team, um, I don't know, man, all because you're not getting enough targets. That's not what it's about. Are you winning? That's what you should care about. They were in the playoffs last year. They got a playoff win last year without him. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm The talent's there, no doubt about it. Do I want him around all of our rookies? I don't know. Um, uh, I don't know. I've never been on the anti-Odell thing. I thought the Giants was one issue. This, whole new issue. Uh, Do we want his dad tweeting out stuff whenever he doesn't get the targets that he wants? And uh, LeBron and all that. Ugh, gosh. I don't know, man. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see what that looks like. But uh, no, the contract is not already paid. They renegotiated it so that the Browns or the Bears... Got the Browns wouldn't be on the hook for everything. So no, the contract's not already paid. If a team signs him, the new team takes on seven million. If nobody claims him, what Odell did do is he basically waived all of his termination pay, which means that contract, if he doesn't get picked up off of waivers, it's completely null and void. Uh the Browns will not be on the hook for anything. So again, I know contracts, it usually gets crazy, whatever else. Yeah, it's it's a mess. Um, it's a mess. Yeah, and Frank, man, thank you, Frank. I love this history lesson. 1993, this is from Frank. 1993, the 49ers drafted Dana Stubblefield. 94, they drafted B.Y. You could see the transformation on the inside of the defense, and guess what? They won a Super Bowl. I still think that 94 team is one of the best of all time for any team. It was crazy what they did um anyway so uh take that for what you want yeah odell's very polarizing topic i get that let's move on let's jump into the cardinals defense and that's the strength of the team okay everybody wants to talk about the offense that's not where it is it's the defense which was a surprise um they drafted a lot of players and played them out of position and it finally started working um the Cardinals defense is the best versus third down conversions. They only allow 30%. They are the best in the NFL at all 32 teams. On fourth down, only allowing 30%. Both of those need to improve. You go back to the 49ers' first meetup with the Cardinals, and guess what? That's why we lost. We went three for 11 on third downs. That was awful. We went one for five on third downs. That's awful. Um, and that costs us the game. You know, you change that one... You know, Trey Lance, you know, stop at the goal line, we win the game. I know it's a little more complicated than that, but that's kind of what it looks like. Now you look at third fewest points allowed, fourth fewest yards allowed. Like they are a good defense. What are they bad at? Well, we saw this. You can run with ease on this defense. And they won a lot of their games early on, talking about the Cardinals here, because they put up so many yards, so many points quick, teams abandoned the run. You got to throw to keep up. That was the mindset. But if you can stay running versus them, you can win. They allow 4.9 yards per rush attempt, which is 31st, second to last, in the entire NFL. We rushed for 152. That was when Trey Lance had 16 runs, which was bananas, but whatever. So the defense is great, and now they don't have J.J. Watt, who has played very, very well. So that's going to, we're going to see how that goes. But they still got Chandler Jones. They still got those super athletic linebackers. They still got Buddha Baker. Like they are a very good defense. That does not change. None of that changes. But their offense, it has taken a turn, even with Kyler Murray, okay? Even when Kyler Murray was healthy. And it started with us. (laughs) We started this. Um, And the very first four games, and the Cardinals always do this, right? They start red hot. The first four games, the Cardinals averaged uh, over—no, they didn't average. They went over 400 yards of offense every single game the first four games of the season. Guess what? Last four games of the season, how many times they do that? Zero. Zero. This is Cliff Kingsbury, okay? He is excitement, flash of the pan. Oh, what's up? And then once people get film, they start to say, oh, this is what he does. Lack of imagination, Okay? It's, it's a very, the air, that's what the air rate is. We're just going to put players in space and we're going to out athlete you. That's what we're going to do. Well, this is the NFL and you can change some of those things. And that has happened. And so all of their offensive rankings, which are great and all their stats are great. I mean, they've had a great year. Throw them out the damn window this game, this game. Why? Probably no Kyler. Probably Colt McCoy. He doesn't have the top ranked offense, right? He didn't do that. And so I think that's kind of the problem. So you throw all that stuff, all the stats, all the rankings, whatever. I don't care. And then on top of that, when they had every single person, how many points did they put up versus us? 17. 17. So we already have, not necessarily have their number, but we play them very, very tough. Our defense plays them very, very tough. The coverage linebackers we use, very, very tough. Now we don't have Jimmy Ward. That's probably the biggest issue that we have, but Hey, let's listen to them talk about it. So, what if it's Colt McCoy, Kyler Murray? What's that mean?
1: I don't think it's advantage or disadvantage one way or another. It's an opponent opponent that we know you know pretty well. We play against them twice a year, every year, so pretty familiar with what they do schematically. So it's not an advantage one way or the other. Uh, you know, we are excited to get back and play these guys you know didn't like the outcome of the last game so it's good to try to get that t- that bad taste out of your mouth as quickly as possible so excited to go against them again know they're a great team you know and we're, we're up for the challenge
2: and so i think that's you know that's the correct way to handle this moving forward now let's talk about colt mccoy who is colt mccoy i'm a longhorn man he he re- He's a 49ers legend, right? (laughs) He was with us for a year. I love this kid. I really, really, I shouldn't say kid. He's like 35. Um, He hasn't attempted a pass for the Cardinals in a game. Um, Last year, he started two games for the Giants and went one-on-one. What are his career numbers? He hasn't been good. He was a third-round pick to the the Browns. Why do we keep talking about the Browns, man? Um, Career numbers. 30 touchdown passes. That's it. 28 interceptions. Not good. 60% completion percentage. Eight wins, 22 losses. I know wins, losses, not necessarily quarterback stat, but he hasn't had success. Um, I do love this man very much as a Longhorn. He brought a lot of happy memories to my family. Um, but I do like how he's made money. I love seeing people get paid. It makes me so happy. The fact that this dude has been bad, but is still in the league, made over $20 million as a career, despite like he's basically getting a million dollars per touchdown pass. He's not good. He's not good. So, what, what is his game? His game is he's actually mobile, but not like Kyler Mobile. And he's basically like a Jimmy Light. Uh, And what I mean by that is quick dink and dunk passing. Just get the ball out and don't cost your team the game. That's his entire MO. That's what he's been since he's been a pro. He can throw the ball decent, uh, but he doesn't have a rocket arm by any stretch. Um, That's just kind of who he is. So the 49ers need to take advantage of that. The D-line needs to take advantage of that. You can kind of pin your ears back a little bit and see what happens. He's not an explosive dynamic quarterback. And, again, whenever your only two wide receivers for the Cardinals are going to be Rondell Moore, which you can do all the shift stuff back there with him, that's fine, and Christian Kirk, who is just basically, you know, uh, Ted Ginn, that's what he is, just, I'm going to fly down and streak it. Cole McCoy can't hit that. That's not his MO. What's that going to look like? It all plays out very, very favorably for the United uh, for for uh, almost said the United States. There's reading the comments. Sorry for the Forty ers and their defense. Um, Cage, what's up, Cage? Uh, oh man, this is a good one. He says, it would be a lot of fun to see you on a clickbait sports podcast with like Perna, Grossi, uh, Scooter, and all those guys. Would you ever be interested in that? I'm fine being on that stuff. Like, like, But here's what I want to say. And, you know, I'm a guest on so many different podcasts, and I love that, especially in the offseason when I actually have the time. Next year, when I'm not teaching and I'm doing this full-time, I'm going to be able to do that a lot more. Uh, You know, on ESPN, on KNBR, a bit on all those like like I love that. But I turn them down during the season because I have to teach like they all want things during business hours. I can't do that. But I'm fine doing that stuff. I'm not going to change who I am, though. Right. So like. Again, where does Perna and all those guys start with? Okay, how do I piss people off? How do I, whatever? That's what I don't start there, and I'm not going to start there, but I can respond pretty quick. Uh, You know, being a teacher and all that stuff, like you get to be quick witted. (laughs) So um, I can bring a little bit more humor. You know, I I try to treat this as a family show, family friendly show without, you know, whatever else. But yeah, man, I I can spice it up a little bit and have a good time with those people. That's my thing. I really love people. And if you've come to any of the Forty ers Rush Hangouts and all that stuff, I just love people. I, I really, really do. Whether I'm teaching, um, you know, it, it doesn't matter. I want to learn stories. I want to interact. Doesn't mean I like everybody. Uh, <laughs> so, um, anyway, take that for whatever you want. Oh, um, well, Dean, man, really appreciate the the gift. He says, hey, my guy, much love, bro. Much love right back at you, Dean. I, I love it. Uh, Tommy our defense made Fields look like Steve Young, Michael Vick. It did, man. He, he looked really, really good, but his passing numbers were bad. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit once we get down to what our defense did versus the Bears because, yeah, Justin Fields ran like crazy and was incredible on third downs, but we always buckled up once we got in the red zone. That's kind of who we are. We're a red zone, bend but don't break defense that tries to get teams behind the chains. We just can't capitalize on third down. But I'm telling you right now, like, the, the makings are there. Like, if if, if I just did a cut-up of the 49ers defense on first down, you're saying, oh, my gosh, dude, this is the 85 Bears. This is the 2019, you know, 49ers defense. That's what it is. The problem is it's not sustained because of poor cornerback play. That, that's That's where the issues are falling apart. Is that going to change this year? Uh, personnel-wise, I think we got to say no. I I think we have to just because we don't have it there, right? And it it hasn't been there, unfortunately. So uh, we'll have to see what that looks like. But let's transition now. Let's jump into our bets of the week. When I gamble, always looking for ways to get an edge. But at my bookie, they double your first deposit. So you start with a leg up. Use my promo code 49 ers 49 ers sign up now, claim your first deposit bonus with my bookie, and use the extra funds to kickstart your winning seasons. A lot of fun matchups this week. You got the 49ers without Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Then you look Sunday night, the Titans and the Rams without Derrick Henry. So there's so many different places that you can jump into, but don't just take my word for it head to MyBookie, sign up now with the promo code 49ers, or you can scan the QR code on the screen to get your money doubled before you even start a bet. So remember, good friends don't let friends win alone, so you have your buddies, use the referral link if you are eligible, um, and an additional 250 bonus on their first deposit. Plus, it's unlimited to redeem, so all your friends can join the party at MyBookie. Bet anytime, anything, anywhere with MyBookie. All right, let's talk some Vegas lines. Uh, The line keeps moving towards the 49ers. Uh, Currently, the 49ers are minus two and a half points, which means we're favored by almost a field goal. The over-unders at 45 points combined. Um, now if you listened to earlier, like usually we do our bets of the week. I told everybody on Tuesday, like bet this, get in now whenever it was break even. I think we were one point. We had one point. Like I I keep hitting it every single time. So I've got a lot of money on this game and I feel very, very confident in that. Even if, even if Kyler Murray plays. So I'm betting the money line, I'm betting the spread, Uh, I'm taking all those things. And I'm including us on our teaser game, okay? So a bet of the week is a two-team teaser, plus seven points, okay? So both of these games have to happen. Uh, We've struggled a little bit with teasers this year, but man, I feel very, very good. I bet pretty heavy on these. Um, I'm taking the 49ers versus the cards. So basically, you get seven points on top of the spread. So the 49ers get 4.5 points versus the Cardinals, and I'm taking the Bills, versus the Jaguars, now that is a huge spread, Um, so even with seven points, the Bills minus 7.5, so they still need to win by more than a touchdown, versus the Jags, Um, the Bills are playing some really good football, so bet 10 to win seven, you can multiply that however you'd like to see fit, and how much you'd like to risk, whatever you're comfortable risking, Um, obviously I'm betting the 49ers to score first bet five to win 3.7 and I've got a bunch more 49ers bets that I've got going on. If you want those again, I throw those up on the Patreon. They're already loaded up over there. So as always, we're trying to direct you over there. That is the community building place. All of the content you've ever dreamt 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 about i think i used that right um is all there so head over there patreon.com 49ers rush podcast subscribe there and you get access to everything immediately you don't like it let me know we will refund your money 300 plus people really do appreciate all of the sport that's there now let's get into some of these predictions because again lots of things change today you notice i haven't said anything about george kittle yet how the hell is that possible the best tight end at football, the leader of the offense, the vocal leader, the playing leader, this guy changes everything. He is finally back. Um, be the leader I'm supposed to be. Um, be the leader I want to be. Um, be happy. Give the guys energy. Talk them up. Help them out when I need to. I mean, it's different when you're not on the field with them because you obviously you're missing a lot of time, whether it's practices or games. But, um, whether it's, you know, meetings, just being around the building, just try to be the same guy, you know, as much as I can be. But like I said, it's difficult when you're not out there. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess not playing for a while, uh, you can definitely be a little bit moody, but I try to not be as moody as Joe Staley and, uh, just, you know, have a smile on my face as much as possible. (laughs) try not to be as moody as Joe Staley. I love George Kittle. Look, Look, he does it to all of us, right? Press conferences are boring. And shout out to Juan Salas for filtering and cutting those clips and getting them to us. Uh, he's just the best in the business. Uh, and if you're coming to L.A. to party, man, Juan's going to be there. So you get to see the man behind the whole freaking thing, which is going to be awesome. Um, he's, he's a good dude. I'm, I'm so excited to hang out with him and with everybody with the 49ers rush road trip. But getting Kittle back matters, okay? In the run game, it matters. He's so good blocking. In the pass game, it matters. Because now, guess what? You can't just load up on Debo, and it just creates such a huge dynamic in the passing game. And I mean, it just changes everything. It really, really does. From pass protection to run protect, run blocking to pass receptions and yards after the catch, it changes it all. And trust me, George Kittle's best games have come against the Cardinals. Um, his kind of arch nemesis, right? Like <laughs> is Buddha Baker. And so he gets a play against that dude. And he has definitely had his best games against him. Hopefully that continues. Also, we didn't have Jimmy Garoppolo last time we played them. Jimmy's had some good games against the Cards. So excited to see what that's going to be. Now, here's my key to the game. And I think two of these things will happen, if not all three. As long as one of the following three players is active okay, and plays... Debo, Elijah Mitchell, or Jeff Wilson, I have the 49ers not only winning but controlling this game. I really, really do. And on the flip side, even if Kyler Murray, uh, DeAndre Hopkins play, I don't think the 49ers have the issues with mobile quarterbacks that we did last year. Remember, Kyler Murray had one rush yard versus. That's it. And he was healthy. Now he's not healthy. So, again, going back to fields and what he was able to accomplish... He went nuts on the ground. He went off. But those were some freak plays, man. Those were some freak plays. And give it to to Fields. He created those plays. But he was very limited in downfield throws. We kind of took that away. And we didn't have any pass interference. So if we clear that up, we're going to be all right. And Kyler on a busted ankle is not doing um, what Kyler wants to do. I'm just telling you right now. Uh, that's not what it is. So I, I I think the 49ers defense eats this week. I really, really do, uh, especially because I don't think Kyler's playing. And we stop all that pass interference BS. Get a couple turnovers, that's going to be key. Now, back to the Cardinals, and I think this is important. Listen to this in the past three years. Not one year, not two years, not three years. Here we go. In 2020, they were 5-2, and two, one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Then they went and lost four out of the next five games. So, again, after that seven game, they hit a wall, okay, 2019. They won three straight games in weeks five, six, and seven. Then they lost six straight. In 2018, they lost eight of their last nine games. This is who they are. And whenever you're in a program like that, you're in a locker room, you're in a coaching staff like that, it's, well, here goes again. Here goes again. And you, that mentality is present. Oh, well, we always do this. And so when something bad happens, especially when you have a young team and a young coaching staff and all those things, oh, here we go. And now you got guys like J.J. Watt, who's not there, who is a leader on the defense. So you take away that captain, that vocal, everything on the defense, right? You lose that. The 49ers gain that on offense. Do you see what I'm getting at here? I'm telling you right now, and you guys can say, oh, Chapman, ah, you always pick the 49ers. I don't always pick the 49ers. And I wasn't planning on picking them this week. But, man, as it just keeps the narrative and all those things. You still got to show up and play. And I think the 49ers got to show up and play. Now, who are the 49ers? I think we're an average football team, slightly above average football team. I think that's who we are. I think we're a team that struggles versus good quality quarterbacks. That's who we are. Guess what? We're not playing against a good quality quarterback. And we're playing against a team that is very injury riddled. And, again, and that, oh, man, here goes, are we doing it again moment. No Kyler Murray, no DeAndre Hopkins, no J.J. Watt, no A.J. Green. Two out of three of their tight ends are gone. Best O-lineman's injured, struggling through it. I think that's who this team is. And so while their defense is still going to be great, I don't think it's going to be complimentary football. And because of that, I'm telling you right now, I got the 49ers winning 27-17. to 17. I don't even have it that close. I don't think it's going to be that close. I think the 49ers come out and answer business, and this turns into one of those stake moments that says, hey, let's go. Who are we? We're four and four. We corrected the ship, whatever else. Now, we'll be live right after the show, and if I'm wrong, charge me up, please. There's nothing better than I like the roasting of John Chavitt. Uh That's why my cheeks are so red, right? Uh, but, <laughs> but, but I really do feel confident in this game. I'm telling you right now. It was a bad matchup for the Cardinals. They should have lost that damn game with Trey Lance, and we were hindered. We didn't even run our whole offense. A lot of that's on Kyle, but now we got Jimmy back. He's coming off of his best game he's had all the way since the Saints game back in 2019. I think he's still got to cook, and again, Jimmy has had two of his best games against the Cardinals. So that's what I got. I appreciate all of you. Hopefully you guys had a great time. And again, uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on on Patreon. Head over that way. But man, be with us right after the game. We will be live um, for some 49ers therapy or 49ers celebrations. We'll have to see what happens. But I got the 49ers winning. Thank you guys for all the support, uh, the energy. I love it. And reminder, we're giving away a Joe Montana jersey right after the game. So come with us live. See if you win. Good luck to everybody. Only one person wins, unfortunately. But I want to say thank you, and as always, stay strong, faithful.